Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And behind. Bouncing on Deli Alley. And Tres do have the lead now. Voigt coming forward from the back. Wouldn't you know it. Gives away two penalties last week. Scores this. Oh, well done, young man. But you just cannot give Harry Kane that time, that space. We talked about Palace's biggest threat coming from set piece. Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Now guys, you can follow The Last Word on Spurs across a range of different social media platforms. We are of course on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us across Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. Now a reminder for you guys that we're also on Love Sport Radio on Tuesday evening between the hours of 7pm to 9pm in the UK. If you'd like to get in touch with us during the show, you can of course call us on the following number of 0208 702558. That's 0208 702558. And of course, if you are calling from outside the UK, all you simply need to do is stick plus four four in front of that number. Now the show is able to be listened to on 558am and DAB radio. That's across 558am. And DAB Radio, and of course, you can hear the Love Sports Show on their website and on their app. Now, on this show, and what a show we have coming your way, we'll be looking back at the win against Crystal Palace, we'll be reviewing Spurs' season so far, and taking a look at what is to come after a dreaded international break. But in all reality, it might give us a chance to get some of these injured players back. Now, on the show tonight, I've of course got Jason McGovern with me. Joining Jason McGovern, I have Vasconi from Hotspur America. And finally, it's not often we have this, we are joined by royalty tonight on this show in the form of Tottenham Hotspur legend Paul Miller. FA Cup wins in 1980-81, 1981-82 and of course the UEFA Cup 1983-84 season. What a show, hope you enjoy it. Jace, how are you firstly? All good, mate. Still, uh, still having fun from that that win on Saturday. Vital win and uh, three points makes a good start to the week. It most certainly does. It wasn't a bad Sunday either with all those teams around us dropping the points. Vas, how are you? 
Yeah, all good, Rick. It's always nice when Spurs get three and Arsenal don't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I'm delighted to say, as I mentioned in the intro, we're joined by royalty on the last word on Spurs, a legend of Tottenham Hotspur in Paul Miller joining us. Paul, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Good to hear, Paul. Well, Paul, I think it's only right we kick off the show with you. So we're looking back, of course, on the win against Crystal Palace at the weekend. So, Paul, I've got to ask you, we're seeing a Tottenham side here weighed down by multiple injuries without our own stadium, not even to have made a single summer signing, yet we're sitting fourth, just five points off top, and yet to even hit top gear, Paul. What did you make of the performance at the weekend and Spurs overall at the moment? Um, well, firstly, you know, we, you know, right, we had nine players at the World Cup in the last weekend. Uh, which always going to have a, a, a you know a, a knock-on effect uh, as it is with a few other clubs. Um, the good thing, the positive thing about no one, no one being, not being signed is that no one left. Uh, when we and you, and you know everyone was speaking about the manager Harry and, and three or four other big players leaving at the end of the season, no one's left. Everyone stayed, and obviously people like Lamella, uh, Moyer, uh, and uh, Mora, sorry, Mora, you know Danny Rose, uh, Winksy, they didn't play for long long periods last year. So and then they're back playing, most of them. Sorry, apart from getting injured again a little bit. So that's been a big bonus for us. And, you know, and um, Mucho's used the squad well. You know, we've had, we've had a big run of games, a bit like the old days, really. We used to play uh, five games in 12 days or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, we've, we've got through it well. We've shown a bit more character this year. I think we're learning. Uh, apart from the Watford game, when we were, uh, we were naive, to say the mm. least, I think the manager made his point, point, got his point over at the end of the game uh, with the two set pieces. We've done all right, you know. I mean, obviously, Liverpool give us a cane. And I thought Man City, we more than matched them. We should have got a draw. And last year, they battered us in the two games. So, that wasn't too bad. And I think we're doing all right, I think. And Saturday, yeah, not easy place to go. Obviously, it pelted down, didn't it, throughout the game. And yet, we won. And then sometimes, you've got to win ugly. And I think we're learning to do that. And uh, I'm pleased that we are. Mm, most certainly, this Tottenham side of recent weeks, we've seen there's a trait of winning ugly. Vass, I want to come round to you next. So, I think Spurs... Premier League points-wise, that's our best ever start to a season now. 27 points from 12 matches. And that's despite being without that Palace game. Eriksen, Dyer, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Dembele and Rose. And as I said to Paul there, you know, adding to the fact of no stadium, no summer signings and playing eight of the 12 games away, Vass. It's been remarkable, hasn't it, so far? Yeah, absolutely. It's been... We're really sort of soldiering through at the moment. Uh, the performances, I don't think we've hit top form. As yet, uh, I mean, what Paul was saying about um, players coming back late from the World Cup, there was no pre-seasons, we've had injuries up and down, we've had the necess necessity to change formations and play different uh, people here and there, and it's just been, it's all been a bit bitty, but um, we're winning the points, and we get, you know, we, somebody accused us of not being able to win ugly not that long ago, <laughs> um, but we've kind of been winning ugly, and it's it, as a fan, it's, it's made for some uh, hairy moments towards the end of games, just trying to see these games out. But, you know, points in the bag, and that's all that, that we can do at the minute and, and until the, the form sort of returns. I know that the, the stadium stuff must be weighing heavy on the, on the coaching staff and the team a little bit because it's a little bit frustrating. But look, we've had, what, eight games away from home and, and only four at our temporary home. Mm. Um, so we, we've done fantastically well. Uh, I think we've won so, seven so out we've of eight games. We've played 12 games away then. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and we're doing fantastic. So, you know, we've got to keep pick, picking up the points and hopefully the injury, injuries will 
take care of themselves and everybody be back and firing pretty soon. Yeah, and Chase, coming around to you, I mean, it was a fantastic Sunday for Tottenham in terms of, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United all dropping points. And it once again highlighted the importance of that victory against Palace and to win the weekend three points ahead of fifth place Arsenal. But Chase, I've got to ask you about Spurs' away form. Now, over the last nine months, Spurs have won 34 away games. Man City 29, Chelsea 22, Liverpool 22... Man United 20. I mean, doesn't that emphasise the magnificent job Pochettino is doing with his Tottenham side? Well, perhaps it means we don't need the new stadium after all. We'll just play every game away. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps, we'll perhaps that's the way me. to win the league, mate. <laughs> who, who needs the stadium? So that yeah. if we don't open for another 10 years, we're, we're well in then in that case. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fantastic. I think our record in the Premier League is 10 away wins. And you think, I think we've already got seven out of the first eight games. So, you know, we look certainly look set to break that. And, you know, the, the character of the team showing, I, I, I laugh every time I hear the fact that people on the radio and pundits saying, oh, the trouble with Tottenham, they've got no squad depth. And yet again, you think no Rose, no Vertonghen, no Sanchez, no Dyer, no Dembele, no Winks, no uh, Christian Eriksen, Sonny doesn't start the game, we still go and win and, and, and if you put that and ask the other top sides, even Manchester City, take seven or eight of their starting, they're what you would perceive their strongest starting lineup out and see if they're affected by it. So, you know, so many players have come in. Juan Foyth was, had a fantastic game. Moussa Sissoko was exceptional. Mm. Players, Serge Aurier, I thought, had a really good game when he came on defensively. So even even the the squad players we've got despite the fact people saying they're no depth they've just come in done their jobs everyone's chipping in with a side it was nice to see Victor Wanyama back I thought he got through the game okay considering that was his first Premier League game for so long you know everyone's stepping up and 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 helping us even Gazaniga has come in and done his job so you know from that point of view it's it's been a been a fantastic start Paul, I want to come back around to you. We've got a question from Alex Wall at Alex Wall 53190055. What a long tag handle that is. He says, how good is this team away from home? Potch has his team drilled on to how to win away from home in the Premier League. Once we get into that new stadium, it's going to lift the fans and players and we can make a big push for the league. What do you make that one, Paul? Yeah, I think we're doing well. Um, you know, we've just carried on really from the last two, two or three years. I mean, I don't think there's any difference. Um, it, I think it's the it's the media that make more of it than than, than the actual staff and the players. Now let's let's get it right. The players can't wait to go back into the new stadium. Cannot wait. Yeah, nor can Pochettino or everybody else. But they're getting on with it. They're not moaning. And obviously, the great thing, which you all know that uh, from our club, nothing comes out from the chairman, manager, or the players generally. Yeah. Now sometimes it's for you like it's a problem because you know well we're not we're not told we're not told this that and the other. I think you'd much rather have that than what happens at some clubs when you hear everything come out. Mm. But what I'm saying is that this new stadium going to see us all out, isn't it? We won't, it won't be long. And we will be there this season, by the way. Undoubtedly be there, yeah? So just don't, and what I would say, don't read all the rumours. Just concentrate on the facts that the club's issue. And, you know, we, and you've some seen the stadium. It ain't far off now, yeah? And I, you know, I, as I said before, I've said publicly, I believe February, a low-profile game will be when we go in there and start, and it'll be wonderful. If you look at all the own games we're going to have, it's been fantastic. You know, I mean, at the moment, you're right. We've, we've played 12 away games, not eight. Like, because Wembley's still away, isn't it? Also, with the, we've got a limited crowd, haven't we, at Wembley? You know, Wembley have got a, mm. have got a covenant, a covenant on it that they can only play 36 games in 90,000. So we'll only can play right. one more game. 
So when people say, oh, you can't sell it out, hold on, we only have 49,000 tickets to sell in the first place, you know, <laughs> and we sold them out. That's a lot. Of, that don't get printed, by the way, as we all know, yeah? Because mm. it's, not, it's, not, it's not an interesting fact for the media. <laughs> and the away, I think the away performance has been getting better. Um, we're learning. Uh, some young players are coming down. I thought Foyth did fantastically well on, on Saturday after a difficult time last, uh, last week. And by the way, one of the penalties was, was down to one or two others, apart from... Oh, it was, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to names on that. But, uh, so I thought it was great. He scored his goal, you know, and you saw what the way the chaps got round him only after he scored. A genuine feeling of, of love and friendship there, wasn't there? Mm. Great, great to see with a young player, yeah? And I, I think the more we, you know, obviously the support, I mean, I was at West Ham, like, uh, I, was, I was sitting in the box, but right next to the, the 5,000 tickets that we had with the chap. And they were making so much noise. It was wonderful. I don't go to many away games, to be honest, because obviously I'm a target sometimes for people. I don't stop when I have a rare in the middle of a street somewhere, yeah? But uh, I went and I loved it. And I thought, Saturday, again, the support's wonderful. Always has been it. And that mm. helps the players. And I think it, it gives give us a big boost when we're away from home. And we like playing away from home the way we play because we bring teams onto us and hit them on the break. Problem Palace on Saturday, they were more defensive than we were because they have to be. <laughs> That's how they are. It's true. Can't get away from that. I mean, fast coming around to you. Question from Mark Butcher at Mark B three three eight one, who says Pochettino's done an amazing job on squad rotation in the last two weeks. Five games and four wins for this team. Every match that he's picked up injuries. You know, it's incredible. Would you have gone along the lines of that as well, Vass? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on Saturday uh, against Palace, it seems as though we we may have lost Trippier for a little while. Although it might stop him going off on the international break and, and maybe give him a rest, it seems we're picking up injuries uh, left, right, and centre this season, and he's had to rotate his uh, his team. Um, and going back to what Jace said earlier about the strength in depth, I think our strength in depth is somewhat understated. Um, you know, last season we were without Toby for a very long while. This year we're without Yan, and both of these guys could arguably be our, our best centre-back and yet imagine taking the best centre-back out of Liverpool or someone say Van Dijk weren't playing what would they be like and and it's been running deep in, in our squad so Pochettino's done a fantastic job just um, shifting it around and maybe that's had an impact on the fluidity of our play because we've had a different 11 out most games or sometimes a different formation as I said before so um, it's been having to sort of um, just make ends meet. And look, the other thing is as well, it's given the opportunity to other players to come in, get a regular run of games, and you can see their performances improve. And there's no better example than Musa Sissoko. Mm. We've got fans now singing his name on the terraces. <laughs> He's just been called up to the For front. For the right reasons, Vass. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what a run of games does and a bit of confidence does for a player. So, yeah, it's had... Um, knock-on benefits as well. So, yeah, more than happy with um, the way the results are going and um, hopefully it bodes well for the rest of the season. We're not actually bringing mugs into the team, by the way. You know, we're bringing, we're bringing people like Son in, you know, and, and World Cup players. So we're not actually bringing poor players back into the squad. Like, you know, like we've got 12 and that's it. It's not a few years ago where, we, apart from our, our best 12, we didn't have a substitute. We've actually got, like, you know, seven or eight good players now on sitting on the bench every week. Uh, so... I think that's got to be taken into consideration, including the keeper who's come and done fantastically well. 
Yes, you can't get away from that. You really can't. And we make the points there. And I want to bring it back round to you now, Jason. Just discuss with you the actual or well, the team. But first, before we do that, just to mention Moussa Dembele. We spoke about the Mooses a second ago. Um, he is thrown out to Qatar to have treatment as he continues his rehabilitation from an ankle injury. What was your news to that, Jason? When we heard that about Dembele, because again, you would think I think the prognosis is six weeks, which would kind of take him up until January which may mean for Spurs, that would have been the last opportunity to maybe get a fee for Musa before he does inevitably run out his contract. Where do you see the Dembele situation at the moment, Jace? Well, I think he's he's gone, hasn't he, where Harry Winks went last summer. Yep. And, right. and obviously, you know, he, he'd, had, he'd had problems, hadn't he, Harry Winks, with it. He, he, after that game at Burnley, what, two seasons ago, he'd had an operation and it hadn't worked and things like that. So he went to, uh, I think he went out to Qatar last summer and he's come back and he's, he's looked good since he's come back, albeit still building his fitness up. So hopefully the thing will happen with Moussa Dembele. Whether we whether we see him beyond January because of, you know, if he wants to go to China, I'm sure a club will, will want to take him in January because Chinese season starts, I think, end of January, early February. So, you know, obviously if they're signing foreign players, they want them for the, for the best part of their season. But, you know, whether he goes or not, if he goes, you get that, that little payment for him. But if he stays, we want him to be fit and, and able to play certainly some of the games between between January and the end of the season. So so either way, it's the right thing to do. Just try and get him back as, as quickly as we can. And, and I mean, just on the, the team at the moment, I think that the one area I really feel sorry for, for Pochettino on, where you've got so many injuries, you feel like every game he's going into, he can't actually probably pick the team that he wants. And that must affect you performance-wise. You can't think we're going to, we've got Liverpool at home, right? I want to do this, I want to do that, because three or four of those players aren't aren't fit. And even Saturday, you see it. You know, we were surprised at the news that Sanchez can't play. Um, you know, Christian Eriksen had played in midweek, but isn't obviously fit to, to play two games in a week. And so I just get the feeling at the moment that when, where people want to argue with the team sheet, you just have to think, look, he's, he's pretty much having to pick who's fit and he can't pick around a genuine tactical plan or, or a team setup. It's just, where's the 11 fit bodies. And so to, to have the results that we're doing under those circumstances is, is excellent. Mm. Just a final question, Jess, before I move it back onto Paul Z-Man at Spurs Dog One, a regular listener, as we know, Z-Man, thanks for your question. He said, the result means a lot in the sense that it poured rain and those are hard to help Palace's attack. That's a tough place to play and others won't be so lucky to win a sloppy one or leave with points. It's 21 points from away matches. Could that be the difference this season, Jace? What do you think? Could it be the difference between what and what, though? Well, could it be the difference you know, between Spurs, I don't know, Qualifying for the Champions League, competing for the title. What, what do you think? I'd, well, I'd still expect us to finish in the top four, but I'd be astonished if we won the league this year. I, I don't think we could, you know, Manchester City, uh, you see that yesterday. They're, they're light years in front of us in, in, in many ways. So, you know, I don't think Tottenham will win the league this year, but I, I certainly still expect us to be in that top four. And, you know, when you, you look at, uh, you know, people have been raving at the lot from down the road, and yet they're now three points behind us. And, <laughs> We haven't got a single bit of praise for our season so far. No. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I want to bring it around to you, Paul, and just look at the team from the weekend. So, fourth made his second consecutive Premier League appearance for Spurs, while Lamella was also back in the Spurs eleven. as was Victor Wanyama, who made his return to the side. Deli Alli was past fit with no Zahar in the Crystal Palace team. Paul, when you saw the team, what was your thoughts going into it? Were you fairly confident? By the way, just, just to let you know... Mauricio doesn't just pick the team on the Friday. He knows who's not playing generally three or four days before the game. 
Mm. And the games before, he's picked the players on the Champions League, knowing who he's going to play on the Saturday as well, unless there's a, this is an accident, yeah. Mm. So he, he would have he would have he would have juggled that on Tuesday, the team and what he was going to do on Saturday as well. So he knew that Ori was going to come in. He knew Foyth was going to come in, right? He knows these things. He doesn't do it by accident. But he's a very calculated man. He lives on stats and fitness and, and, and everything else. They wear the stuff in training, knows how many miles they run, whatever. So what I'm saying is, this isn't an accident what he's doing. He does it for a living. He's very serious about it. So what I'm saying is that, you know, obviously we've had a few injuries, a few knocks, but he's saving players. He's resting players at the right time and bringing fresh legs in, which you have to do uh, nowadays, you know, with the things they are. But I, I think, you know, I think we're fine. I think if you're looking at it, I think Man City were all right yesterday. You know, for 80 minutes, United sort of played all right against them, and it's not a good United side. We all know that, yeah? Uh, you know, they, they, they won, but, I mean, it was, it was, there wasn't a lot in it for me, yeah? And I think if you're talking about the, the points in the season, I think we're finishing the top three. Um, have we got a chance win league? Of course we have, because you never know how things are, how things turn out, and we get a run going. But, I mean, realistically, if we finish third, and, and we've gone into the new stadium and played most of our games away from home, which includes Wembley, It'd be a fantastic season. What I'd love to see, of course, is just to win a trophy. Oh, of course. That's what we all want to see win. So all I'm saying is, you know, we, I think we will finish in top four. I think Arsenal and United won't. I think they're not good enough. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I, just, uh, I think at the moment if I was having a bet, I think we're going to finish third. But I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to be a bit better than that. <laughs> Paul, I'm going to come on to the trophy debate with you later, I promise you. But just on that team then from the weekend, was you fairly confident going into it when you saw the lineup? Yeah, yeah, because obviously Palace also missing their best players, Zaha. But I mean, you know, we, it's a difficult place to go. I mean, they were unlucky against Liverpool. They played quite well against Chelsea for an hour at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, they, they drew with the uh, the Gooners, uh, unluckily, with an handball, another cheating goal from them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think they've done well. They've just been unlucky in lots of respects. And, they're, you know, they're going to tonk someone one day. They're probably scoring goals, which is all the problem for the teams at the, at the bottom there. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not easy. They've got a great atmosphere there, one of the old fashioned, most old-fashioned stadium in the country. And it's always good to go away. It's always difficult to go away and get... Uh, it's all difficult to go away and get a result now, wherever you play. Mm. So if you go away and win, you're delighted, move on, yeah? And uh, obviously, you've got two weeks. I mean, you've, I think people moan about these internationals. Remember, our players ain't going to kill themselves there. Generally, Gareth South manage it quite well. We're playing a Mickey Mouse friendly against Americans and then we play Croatia. So they've got one proper game. They won on, they'll, they'll make a lot of changes on the, in, in the, uh, the USA game and obviously the name was going to play his best team against Croatia. So basically most of our players would go only play one game. It's not too bad because it's in two weeks. We ain't got to play till Sunday, Saturday week. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be, they ain't that bad. The international, they don't train as hard maybe, whatever. They're having a bit more relaxation with the, the other chaps. So I don't think it's such a big thing that guy there because you've got one good game now in this particular one rather than playing Croatia and Spain we've only got Croatia that's it with a mouse friendly that's it spot on I mean I'll bring you in Vass so just in terms of that team we saw Damison Sanchez miss out for Spurs as we lost yet another player to a muscular injury I mean I think John said earlier on the show during the season Vass that it seems to be a growing trend doesn't it that Spurs you know we're losing players to these kind of muscular injuries a lot of these players were at the World Cup as we know I mean Ericsson was also on the bench for a third consecutive game in a row as was Winks who played against both Wolves and PSV what did you make of the lineup, Vass when you saw it um, yeah, lineup was uh, kind of as expected, I guess. I, I thought Aurea might play, but I guess as he's played against PSV uh, in midweek, it's probably why he brought Trippier back in. 
Um, I think he tends to play, you know, Sissoko with another holding midfielder in games where it, the going might be a little bit tough. I mean, it, it, Palace were always hard to beat. I think that's the fifth time we've beaten them one nil mm. on the trot now, home in a way. So, yeah, I, I kind of half expected. I was surprised not to see Sanchez there, but obviously the guy picked up an injury and you can't help things like that. Uh, and it kind of goes back to what Paul was just saying about, um, uh, you know, Pochettino not doing things by accident. I know him and Jesus Perez are quite keen on um, the, uh, the sports science side of things and and rest is important and getting players to peak capabilities each week is important. So the rotations are partly to do with that. So you kind of half expect Pochettino to rotate some players at least uh, each week. I guess Ericsson was a surprise to be on the bench, but again, he, he sort of played um, previously and maybe he's not quite 100% yet. But listen, I mean, whoever we put out there ought to have been good enough to beat Crystal Palace anyway. And with them being without Zahar, I think that, that gave us all a little bit of a boost, didn't it? Mm, very much so. Very much so. Can't disagree with that. I mean, Jay's going to come round to you. Question from Ray Group says, what did you make of the return of Victor Wanyama to start 11? It was great to see him complete 90 minutes and thought he was a rock in front of the back four. Jay's thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, first of all, I'm surprised he got through 90 minutes because in those conditions, when he hasn't played that much, and it was his first Premier League start, what, since... since He started Leicester, didn't he, back in May, I think. But even before that, I, I tried to think when he last his start before that was. So it was, was good to see him come on. I thought he'll probably get through 65, 70 minutes, but perhaps the, the Trippier substitution or one or two others meant that he was going to have to go the full 90. And I thought he lasted it He lasted it quite well. He didn't look as like the old Victor Wanyama, but, but that's to be expected when he's been out for so long. But... There was there were certainly signs of the old Victor Wanyama, and I thought he certainly looked better Saturday than when he he did in that Leicester game. He didn't get shrugged off the ball and, and things like that. So I, I thought it was ninety minutes for him to genuinely build on. I've, I'm a little bit worried about his his long term fitness and and things like that. And he'll just need runs of games. But if he can if he can get that fitness back, then we've got a, a huge asset because he was an absolute beast for us, wasn't he? Two years ago. Mm. And Jace, just sticking with you, as we saw in the opening minutes, we lost Kieran Trippier, who went down with a thigh injury and was replaced by Oria. Now, this is yet another player in Trippier that played in the World Cup, suffered a muscular injury. Pochettino has come out after the game and said, I hope it's not a big issue. The medical staff is going to assess and the medical staff with England will assess too. Now, we understand from the Daily Mail, who've got a story out on the Monday to suggest that it's not going to be as bad as what's first feared. So hopefully it may be a case where he shouldn't be out for too long for Spurs. But Jace, just on these injuries Spurs have picked up, you know, that's Loris Vertonghen. Sanchez Rose, Wanyama Sissoko, Dahir Dembele, Winks, Deli Eriksson, and now you're adding Trippier to that list of injuries we've had so far this season. That only leaves Son, Kane, and Alderweireld left of the squad that have survived so far. Now I'm not trying to put a jinx on it, but we've had to, you know, we've really had to contend with so many injuries, haven't we? And we're only in November. Yeah, uh, but hopefully the good sign of that is that they can all get themselves fit as as the season goes on, and perhaps one or two of the other sides will then start to have people dropping out. You can't do much about injuries. They're just part and parcel of games. You know, some years we're lucky. This year this year we're not. But that's the good thing. Everyone's come in and covered for everybody else. So, you know, you kind of shrug your shoulders when you see the team news. You think, right, there's another one, there's another one. But but I don't sit there and panic because I think, no, this, this you know, Moussa Sissoko's coming and covered. He's coming and covered. 
Foyth has come in and covered. So, you know, if it's another injury, it's another injury. You just have, you can't, you can't do anything about them, can you? Mm. You can't. You most certainly can't. You have to get on with it. I mean, I want to bring it around to you, Paul, and just ask you about Hugo Lloris. Now, as we know, on field, off the field, it's been a difficult season for him so far. Just at the beginning of the game against Palace, I mean, there seemed like a fairly couple of routine catches which he flapped at but then towards the end of the game he saved us Paul what have you made overall of Hugo Lloris's season obviously I know you you're in and around this Spurs camp quite a bit so anything you can tell us on Hugo's mentality at the moment his mindset of games are you concerned about him at all no not at all not at all I mean he won the World Cup in the summer uh, we've never had a player captain who've done that have we no captain of country to the to the World Cup um He's come back. Oh, he had he had the he had the, uh, the the blemish when he, he had a couple of glasses of wine and he shouldn't be because I mean you know Hugo having with a, with a figure he's got having two or three glasses of wine it'd be all right for us not but for the, <laughs> these athletes so finely pinned you know they go over it was a mistake he admitted to he's paid his dues and whatever I think uh, okay he's made I mean the, the big ricket against um, Barcelona early on is a real one at the howler but generally generally he's played well I mean I don't see him. Not, not, not having played well, not a lot of difference really from last year. Do you think he's a Paul... fantastic goalkeeper, a wonderful mm-hmm. saver, and uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with you guys. I don't think we've got a problem. I think again, he made a couple of crucial saves Saturday, like he did against Wolves last week. You know, we owe, we owe, we owe some, and that's when you need your big keepers to come in. They don't have a lot to do. When they do, they do it properly. And uh, you know, he's he's shown at the moment he is one of the best keepers. Off the floor, you can always be a bit problem. But listen, guys, Saturday, the weather. Mm, the of rain, course, yeah, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, you know, these balls, these these years ago, these are, these are balloons, aren't they? Yeah, they flow all over the place. So it's not an easy job being a keeper, certainly in those conditions. And uh, I think he did really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm nothing wrong. I don't think, I think Mauricio's right. There's nothing wrong with, with, uh, with him. But And the other guys give him a chance to come in and play, isn't it, the Argentine? Well, I was going to ask you about that, Paul Gazaniga. Do you think having the competition from him now, is that going to even spur Hugo on, pardon the pun, a bit more, having that someone behind him who is pushing him, to be fair, Gazaniga, at the moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Richo, I want that, by the way. Because you... I mean, you know, we all know the perfect scenario is 24 players... For, sorry, 22 players for 11 positions, yeah? Mm, of course. We all know that. That's the perfect world. And at the moment, we're getting quite near that at the moment. Yeah? We're, not get, we're not getting too far away from We haven't had that for donkeys yet. Well, we've never had it, by the way, because <laughs> in my era, we had 17, 18 players. It was enough, yeah? Uh, we had 14, 15 when I started playing. So all I'm saying is now, we're getting near the 22 that you need to be competitive in every game. And we're not getting far away from that. And, and uh, you know, some of the young ones are coming and doing really well, like, like Harry Winks and uh, Foyth and whatever, yeah? Mm. Come and done really well for us, as well as the senior players. And... Uh, you know, Harry's obviously a star legend, and uh, you know he just keeps scoring because he, he can. But I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not displeased how it's gone. I knew there was going to be a backlash after the World Cup, and with all the other stuff, and you know the stadium. But we, we've we've I thought we've coped with it admirably, and I think everyone's everyone's delighted how it's gone. Mm. You speak Paul a lot about the sports science behind Pochettino and the stats. Do you think also because of the amount of injuries we've had, has he got these players? Do you think on personal programs as well? I mean, I presume all the players don't do the same training day in day out. Uh, I do do similar training. You know, they do. They work on different things. Uh, you know, themselves like finishing for the you know forwards and yep. other things for defenders. But I mean, you know, they all do the similar similar training. Just sometimes you pick up injuries. I don't think you know we haven't had apart from Yan and now obviously Dembele. They've not been bad bad injuries at the moment. They've just been strains and and knocks you get, which you're going to get anyway. You can it can be unlucky that they happen at the same time, but. Uh, you know, I think we've been we've been all right. I think it's not too bad. And as you and as one you know one of the chaps said earlier, 
the other clubs will suffer later on. Everyone mm. gets in, by the way. It's just how you cope with it, yeah? Of you course. You can't moan, you've got to get with it. And I think we've, we've, we've coped uh, very well. And I think we will cope very well. Because you know, I don't think anyone's leaving in the window. I don't think anyone will come in either. Because it's not easy to sign big players in January. You know, oh, don't say that, Paul. Tennis. You meant me cheering us up. You know that, <laughs> you know that we won't see a couple of one or two, maybe? To, to add to this squad? No, I don't think, well, I'm just saying to you, I don't think we can buy anyone who's going to improve our squad. At the because moment? Because the best, the best in January, in January. Mm, right, okay. Because the best players play in the Champions League teams are all still in the Champions League. The Champions League teams don't sell their best players in January. Mm. So unless you can find a real bargain or someone who's not happy somewhere, mm. you're very difficult to find. And obviously, what you've got to find someone better than what you've got already. Yeah, the only the thing, question mark is leaving is Dembele if he takes the Chinese money, if they want him. And there's a big problem at the moment in China with paying players and whatever. So I still think no one will leave. And maybe one might come from somewhere, who knows? You know, and I'm not saying we wouldn't want someone to come from somewhere who's a better player than what we've got. But I mean, you know, at the moment, I don't, I don't think anyone will be going or coming, if you ask my opinion. OK, fair enough. So Vass, I think it's only time we talk about the man of the moment, Wan Foyf, who scored the only goal of the game. I think it's fair to say, Vass, that he kind of grew in assurance as that game progressed. He made a wonderful challenge on a Crystal Palace player who was advancing the Spurs half minutes before he scored that headed goal. But you could argue, Vass, that it was such a delight to see him score that goal because, you know, on the back of a week where really we saw that Wolves game, he was very, very, you know, I felt it was so disappointed for him to be labelled as the, you know, the person that gave away those penalties because as we truly know, Vass, he wasn't really at fault for either of them, was he, on that day? Well, if you want to be really harsh, you can. And you can say, well, he gave away the two penalties, so it's his fault. But we know that at least one of them, he was put in a difficult situation by a teammate. And the other one, I thought, was was rather soft. Um, he started uh, Saturday quite, you know, reserved. Maybe had a, a bit of a hangover from the previous week. I don't know. But he certainly grew into the game. And listen, I've, I've liked one fight from the first minute. Yeah, I see him. He's so comfortable on the ball. He's good on in the air, which uh, is deceiving for his size. Positionally, he's quite good. But, of course, you know, Jace is going to uh, caution us and say, give the guy time, <laughs> let him, let's see him in a number of games. And he's absolutely right, of course. But he's starting to get games now. And I think people are, are recognising his talent quite quickly. Pochettino thinks very highly of him, obviously. Um and, you know, wasn't he destined for PSG before he came in for him? So oh, you know, you know, I, think I think that's right, some... Bass. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah. PSG were up there with us, weren't they? Batting away for him. Exactly. So I think um, Poch worked his charm being fellow Argentinian <laughs> and everything to get him into the club. And it's good that he's getting game time now, but he'll only grow into the role, I mm. think. And uh, he's certainly got the makings of a very special player, I think. I agree with that. And Jace, coming round to you on one four. I mean, there was something fitting, Jace, wasn't it, about him being the match winner versus Crystal Palace? You know, he fully deserved that, as I said, after the week before. And hasn't he shown, Jace, in these kind of free performances already, he's going to become some star, isn't he? Am I jumping the gun? But it feels that way. <laughs> you know, I always urge a little bit of caution. I know you do. So, um, you know, last time I was cautious and then what happened at Wolves. So, mm. I just think, you know, with any young player, you just have to let them grow, particularly... I mean, Paul will know better than anyone, but it's an entirely different task facing, say, Andros Townsend as a striker than it would be to facing, I know, Troy Deeney as a striker. And that's entirely different to facing Sergio Aguero. So, you know, you have to see him at, at all those levels. If he plays, for instance, against Woolwich, he's got Albamiang and, and Lacazette to look after. And 
and their movement will be will be testing and they're all the things that the young defenders have to go through so you know I, I don't jump to too many conclusions after two premier league games all we all we can say is what we have seen he looks so composed on the ball each time he's played which is which is pleasing he doesn't look the type of boy that panics i thought it did take a lot of character for him saturday to to put that behind him so at the moment he's he's ticking the boxes that i want to see ticked but but like I say, there's there's bigger and, and different tests ahead, and and of course that part of that is is experience. You you will be a better player after sixty games than you will be after two because you're you're seeing different things that you you won't be necessarily seeing so far. So let's just be pay all that. All I said last time is this let's not go too overboard and declaring the, the you know the greatest young centre half in the world. Let's <laughs> just let the boy grow. Let already done that, Jase. Too late. Already done that. <laughs> Let him make the mistakes like he did against Gauls. There'll be one where he, he lets somebody run off the back of him and, and someone will get a free header and he'll score and it'll be right. You've got to learn from that one and, and just things like that. So don't don't put too much pressure on him. Just let the boy play and, and let's see where we are in 30, 40, 50 games time. Mm. Paul, come around to you as a person that's won trophies with Tottenham. You know, you've been around dressing rooms of young players and this kind of thing. What would your advice be to a young kid like this trying to make his breakthrough when he sees the likes of Alderweireld and Vertonghen and Sanchez ahead of him? What kind of advice would you give this young boy? I'd say I'd just keep knocking on the manager's door and uh, just keep trying to impress him in training and in the practice matches and whatever and just keep saying, I want to play, I want to play. Uh, you can't be, you can't be um, uh, you know, uh, shy nowadays and you can't be intimidated by players in front of you because you've got to believe you're better than them. And you're, you're, you can do a better job than him. Obviously, uh, you know you're right about confidence and 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 and, and, and um, experience. You need to play games. You need to have the opportunity. If you don't get that choice, but with no reserve teams nowadays, you know it's very difficult for young players to to impress. They can only do that in training. Obviously, training sometimes is held back because they don't want injuries and whatever. But you know, I think uh, just giving him a chance. He's got he's got to learn. He's got to get stronger physically. I think, and he's got to get wiser. And the only way you do that is you play against good players. But, I mean, he's playing against good players in training every day, which does help as well. And I just think, you know, you just got to wait and see. But, I mean, he's so far, he's showed not better. He's definitely, he's definitely got a lot better in a year than he was a year ago mm. when he was playing League Cup matches. Well, I thought he, he was really struggling a bit. He's got stronger physically. And, he, I mean, you know, as we saw with Harry, he put the, you know, the weight on the right places. When you get three or four kilos in different areas, you can get stronger. He, he needs to get some more uh, upper body strength. But he, he's around that. He's a good footballer, and he's got a football brain. That gives him a chance. And he's, he, you know, he's not slow. So he's, he's got all the attributes. But it's, you know, it's, it's not get carried away. It's a long way to go yet. But we have got another player who can come in, step in, step into the, uh, into the team, which is great. I've got to ask you, Paul. You know, in terms of man management, I know you've been, you, at your time at Spurs, you were under some of the, some of our greatest managers. What did you make of the way Pochettino handled that situation the week before? You know, there was arguments against Wolves that if it was a different manager. Imavel brought him off after he conceded the two penalties, but he kind of stuck faith with him, kept with him, and he's been rewarded, hasn't he, on the back of you know being the matchman against Crystal Palace. Wasn't that just superb man, man management from Pochettino? To be fair, he could have brought two or three off. To get him <laughs> that's in, true. In the I mean, let's get it right. You know, the Trippier and Toby were struggling there. That's right. You know, the back four were having a bloody nightmare. He brought Sanchez on, who also had a nightmare when he came that's on. That's right, yeah. You know, we've seen that for the white lights in front of us, all of them. So there was there was no one actually like you know trying to hold it together. Really, we, you know we did well to win the game in the end because we just had a, a ten minute panic up, which can happen sometimes. We all see that a lot in you know, a lot of games. So I don't think uh, Mauricio would, would done anything different. He, he would know himself because obviously another another centre half club, Mauricio. 
he would know what it's like. You know, he, he's made mistakes as a kid as well, and he certainly weren't going to bring him off because of that. You, you know, you, you say you destroy people's confidence, mm. by the way. And we've seen we've seen Mourinho do that a few times with some of these players, and that's not the way Mourinho is. You know, he's very very into young players because he knows that's the future of the club. And I think he handled that perfectly well. And again, given probably told he probably told him as well, you're not playing Wednesday, but I'm going to play you next Saturday. He does do this for players, by the way. So. That's what I'm saying to you before. Don't get shot with the, uh, the selections. He does it a lot. He, you know, he knows who he's playing a long while before it happens, unless something happens on the Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's you know, he, he, I would I believe he would have told the young lad, you're, you're playing next Saturday, by the way. Mm. You know, not playing the Champions League game, but you're play, you know you're playing next Saturday, and that's so just get yourself right and get yourself ready for that mentally and physically. There you go. Fascinating insight. Thanks for that, Paul. I'm going to come back round to you, Vass. Just a question in from Rob at Rob Griffin 68 who says, Spurs aren't going to try and compete at the top level in the transfer market for years yet. Instead, is there a succession plan in place, Vass? For example, Foyf is the natural successor to the majestic Vertonghen, as is Gazaniga to Lloris, plus transfers as and when necessary. Is that how you see it, Vass? I think there's an element of uh, putting plans in place because, you know, no one's getting any younger. Um, Jan is, what, 30 now? Or is he, yeah, 30, I think. So he'll, he's probably got a few more, a couple more years at the, at the top level in him. Um, but at the same time, I think the club's strategy on transfers has always been to find players that aren't at the uh, higher scale of transfer fees. And then... I mean, we picked up players. I mean, if you think about Toby, we got him for fourteen million or whatever it was, and uh, and and we've had a lot of signings like that. And I think that's that's. I'm not saying we're going to get players at around fourteen, fifteen million anymore because we proved with Davinson <laughs> that we can pay forty odd million for a centre back. But I think it's just identifying the right players, isn't it? And um, trying to get some value for your money. And I think Spurs will continue to do that. And when you've got players like. Graham Foyt already on the squad, Harry Winks already on the squad. You know, these are young guys that are, uh, are going to be coming through. And, you know, there's a lot being talked about. Oliver Skip, maybe in two or three years' time, we'll see him start coming through. So, um, yeah, I think it's more, more of the same, really, going forward. Guys, can I just come, can I come in on that? Yeah, please, Paul. Yeah, go for it. Is, look, what we've got to remember, we haven't had the income. In the last no, we haven't. Years, no. the, the top five clubs out of it. We've been, we've had, we've had half, maybe two or three times they've had more than us to spend. Yeah, so we haven't had the income. Is why we've had to have the new stadium, right? That's one. That's that's one one massive point, by the way. Yeah, that we haven't had the income the other clubs have had. Man City are on a different planet. They're sovereign owned. Yeah, so you can't count <laughs> include them at all. What I will say is now, this could be the last big television deal that's going to be signed. Yeah, the next one might not be as much money. You looked in the summer; it was the least least spent, net spend. I'm talking about for a long, long while. Mm. I mean, the market, I mean, Real Madrid and Barcelona bought no one. They were such high wage bills; they can't afford to buy anyone. I don't, the only reason that, that the uh, PSG bought the two players was Qatar wanted to save, prove to the other Arab countries who were having a big argument about investment uh, for funds. We still got the money, right? I don't believe there'll be a hundred million pound player go anywhere for a long, long while. There'll be swaps. Ronaldo went for nothing. Because they had to pay his wages, you both, yeah? When you want him off the books, they couldn't keep it. What I'm saying is that, you know, we're, we'll be able to compete with them in the stadium, but I think everyone's going to be a lot more cautious because they're not too sure where this next TV deal is going to go, the one after this one. And, uh, well, you know, we, we're going to start getting yourself in debt. 
And what I'm saying is that we we we're, we're not big big in debt. Of course, we've got a, we've got a mortgage on the stadium, but we'll pay it off in a few years. Yeah. But I just don't think that we're never going to be a big spender. And I think the most of the clubs now are not going to be doing that anymore. City, of course, can do it because it ain't their money. It's not you know they they've they've got they've got their 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 country that owns them over Derby because ten percent of the world's oil every day every, every year. Ten percent of the world's oil. They own five billion a day or something as a country. So let's not start getting Men City involved in it. They're another planet. It's our PSG. So I'm just saying, be patient. It will happen. But everyone's having to be very careful at the moment. That's why you're not seeing a lot of big spending. Spawn. I think I think Paul's got a point. And even uh, Man City uh, have been in the news, haven't they, the last few days because of this um, breach of the FPP and how... Um, uh, UEFA have been sort of modelly coddling them and, and and trying to get them through it. So we don't know what will happen with that. But there will be a toning down in, in terms of transfer fees. And we always knew from day one that the stadium was the thing that we needed to make us compete financially because it's not just um, Man City that have been financially doped. We had over a decade's worth of Chelsea being in the same position with Abramovich. And then on the flip side, you've got teams like Man United and Liverpool who have got two of the biggest fan bases in the world. And the merchandising and revenues and corporate um, income that's coming in to, to those clubs on a regular basis put them miles ahead of us. So it, it's right that we, we mentioned the fact that Spurs have never competed on an equal financial footing. And I think we're sort of conscious of that. And that's why I think the, the club strategy in bringing in players will be pretty much the same. Um, going forward and then once we've bedded ourselves into the new stadium then we'll be able to compete I think with the other clubs mm. Just about the new stadium the way this guy's going he might get himself a statue outside of it Jace Maritza Sissoko now I think it's right in saying <laughs> regardless Jace whether people want to acknowledge it or not it should rightly be mentioned that again Saturday another man of the match type performance from Sissoko thoroughly enjoyable wasn't it Jace finally getting him to see that recognition from the crowd and the tireless work Jesse puts in in midfield, I mean, he, he really does put in a shift, doesn't he, in our midfield? He, he is, and, you know, he's, he's been one that has been consistently fit in, in the last year. And his performance Saturday was, was, was as good as we've seen from him. I thought, you know, perhaps the Swansea Cup tie last year was, was amongst his best as well. But, you know, he's carrying the ball from defence forward. It, all right, it's not with the grace of Moussa Dembele, but, my God, it's with pace and power. Uh, the way he broke through and, and supplied Sonny at the end, his little run through in the first half where, where the shot got charged down, there was a lovely little cushion pass right towards the end of the game. He was just a couple of little nutmegs, some, some <laughs> nice work down on the touchline, just had a really good game. And it was, I loved hearing the crowd singing his name for the right reasons. You know, the, the who needs bow when you got Sissoko was a little bit kind of in jest. This time it was for the genuine reasons, and and the supporters that went there certainly uh, certainly appreciated his his efforts. And it just goes to show you, doesn't it? If you don't shout out you you fucking lump of dog shit when he walks on the pitch, you might actually find that the bloke plays better if you just shut up and let the bloke play. And, and that's what I've said that all along with Moses mm. Sissoko, haven't yeah. I? I've, I've never jumped on the bar. I've always said, you know, he, he doesn't get in our best side. Uh, there's, there's limits to his game, but it's just the, the abuse that he's had to go through for fans is, is disgusting for, to my mind. So it's nice to see that a few people have perhaps eaten humble pie and getting behind him. And, and you know, if you get behind him, you might get those performances a bit more often. And it's, it's fantastic news for him that he's back in the French squad. And, 
you know, it's the other part, haven't it? I've always said you cannot have 50 caps for France if you're a bad player. You can't. You know, you can get 50 caps for Gibraltar if you're a bad player, but you won't get them for France if you're a bad player. And so, you know, he, he may not be everyone's cup of tea, but the, the effort and that recently, he was excellent at Wolves. He played really well West Ham, didn't he? The, the West where he, he made the goal and just, you know, get behind the bloke and, and let him play now and let him be the genuine part of the side that he thoroughly deserves to be. And let's be fair, if, if you were picking our best side tomorrow and we had, I don't know, we had Liverpool tomorrow, you'd be saying Musa Sissoko should be in that side. So at the moment, full credit to him. Mm, he completed 12 attacking third passes in that first half against Palace, twice as many as any other Spurs player on the day. Paul, I want to come round to you. We had a load of questions come in. Daniel Charles says, how did Sissoko not get man the match? Mike Webster says, who's that new player? Looks like Sissoko, question mark. What have you made of this guy's upturn? I mean, Paul, what do you put it down to? Is it confidence? Is it belief in his manager? What, what have you made of his performances recently in the Spurs shirt? Ozzy Ardilius told me when I was 18 when he arrived, he said it's 95% confidence and 5% ability. Mm. I think what you're seeing with Musa now is that he's gradually getting his confidence back. It took a while, and you're right what you said, it doesn't help when fans abuse him. It also doesn't help when you're not playing a lot. Um, and you've got, and you've got you know, the players that we've got in midfield, some proper, proper creative players. Um, but, you know, you look at Saturday's game, pissing down with rain, Palace were very difficult and awkward. It's a perfect game for Musa, wasn't it? Perfect game for him because mm. he's strong, he's physical. You know, he runs all day, and, he, and he'd be and he'd be very difficult to play against. You know, in those in those conditions, you know. And so, and nowadays when it is really a squad game, you know, he plays thirty odd games a year in, in in some of the difficult places as well, where you know, like Burnley away and whatever. I'm not no disrespect to Burnley, but you know, there, there are games that are tailor made for him, and he's now starting to come out and blossom. And I'm delighted for him because I think he seems a nice lad. Uh, the, the the boys like him, um, and obviously he's getting his, he's getting his dusty walls now. And uh, again, that's putting pressure on the others who want to play because every, everyone wants to play. By the way, you know, Delhi and and Ericsson, they all want to play, and I have to be a bit careful just just nurse them back. But they'd rather be playing than sitting on the bench. And he, at the moment, Moose is keeping them. Out, which is fantastic. Mm. It's funny you said there about Sissoko and the popularity in the squad. It's well, I think it's documented that after the game, oh, Musa Sissoko, the chant blared out of the Spurs dressing room in a real kind of party spirit. So it's great to see, you know, this harmony amongst the players. Paul, do you see that as well, the harmony in this squad under Pochettino? I do. I think they've got the best uh, atmosphere probably since since uh, since we played. You know, we really? were a family. We still are a family. We're all very close, you know. Mm. And I see, but because they've all been together for a few years now. You know, four or five years with with Mauricio, who obviously is a is a very tactile person. He's 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 very warm. Um, he, he's very open and honest. By the way, you you cross him, you're dead. He's got black eyes that will murder you. <laughs> but I mean, what I'm saying is, he he gives. He, you know, Delhi said, and I've seen the, the speeches at Delhi and Harry have given at, at the award ceremonies is that his doors always open, and he'll be honest with you. He'll tell you if you're, if you're playing crap. You know, and I think that's what they all like about him, why they respect him, because, he, you know, he ain't, he ain't giving anyone any bullshit. And I think he's just saying to Moose, you know, keep playing, keep training, your time will come. And he, I think he says that to everyone, and, and he is fair with them, he gives them all games. And if you don't do it, you're out. Mm. Uh, that's why Walker left. He felt Walker couldn't keep playing three games a week, and that's why he sold him. There you go. 
Thank you there, Paul, again. Great. It's been great having Paul on tonight. Paul Miller's been fantastic. We've got more to come, guys. Don't worry yet. More from Paul to come. But Vass going to come around to you. Just on to Soko for you, Vass. You know, this isn't just a run of games anymore, is it, Vass? Because he's been a vital part of this Spurs team, whether it's Premier League, whether it's Champions League, whether it's domestic cups. I mean, he's now fully earning the respect of some people, Vass, that some of them wouldn't have maybe given the time or day at the start of the season, Vass. No, absolutely. I think I've always been... Uh bit of a defender of, of his because um, I felt some of the criticism he was getting was harsh, particularly when at times there were other players that may have had a, a, a worse game than him on a given match day. So it's nice to see him uh, bearing or having some positive uh, responses and, and, and reactions from the crowds. So I think he's done he's done very well in recent times so it's good to see and Vas going to ask you also just I've got you here um, in relation to towards the end of that game we saw Crystal Palace supporters booing Eric Lamella who was damaged and clearly bleeding I'm not sure what's worse the Palace supporters booing or the fact John Moss didn't stop the game sooner what did you make of that incident in the game Vas? Hey, listen it was an unfortunate incident and um, I'm sure the Palace fans will look back and have some regret because they clearly didn't know the guy was bleeding and possibly neither did John Moss but Jonathan Moss should have um, had uh, the presence of mind to be a bit more aware uh, and stop the game sooner uh, as the referee so that that was disappointing for me that's 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 all due respect John Moss yeah. is the referee he hasn't got a fucking clue by the way <laughs> <laughs> the generally he hasn't got a clue about the game yet uh, no, I thought we love ex players coming any, on. They've, Go they've, on got any, they've got any triple vision. They've got <laughs> tunnel vision. You saw that last week was with Sterling's goal, yeah? The mm -hmm. penalty. I mean, sorry. You know, the fellow behind the goal must have been blind, and the referee, if they can't see, he's kicked yeah, the floor. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, to, you I'm trying to do him a favour being an ex ref I, I, as well. Well, well, I've never got on with referees, as, you, as you're fully aware, yeah? They didn't appreciate my game. I thought they all loved you, mate. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that don't even start saying about John Moss not seeing it. He knows exactly what's going on. He's got he's got he's got fella on the line who knows he's looking at a computer. He's got he's got people on the linesman. He knows what's happening. He just don't, don't, chose not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the crab might have a little pop at me. It's all about them, by the way, referees. Massive egos. They're the biggest egos in the game. Apart Sorry, from Vass. Vass is one off. Referee rank, by the way. I'm finished. <laughs> we love you, though, Vass. You're a one off. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Jay, I'm going to ask you, Tom Hobbit sends a question about the performance of the referee. He said, what punishment should the officials get for not stopping the game when Lamella had the in had the head injury and it was clearly bleeding? Thoughts on it, Jase? <laughs> well, for me, John Moss has never referee a game again, but, you know, I said... You did warn us, Jase, didn't I you, before the, the show? I remember you I saying... on the radio you show. Us. I mean, you know, like Paul said, I think he's by far the worst of the Premier League referees. Every single game I see him do dis descends into chaos. The, the Liverpool Spurs game last year at Anfield was, was typical of, of a John Moss game where, where that day it worked in our favour. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it will work in our favour with John Moss. But I look at him and I think, how the hell did you, you come to that? I think I remember the famous Leicester-West Ham game where he sent Vardy off. And remember that descended into total chaos. I think he was a referee that, that did a West Ham-Chelsea game where he ended up sending Mourinho to the Sands and sending people off. It's just game after game that he does it seems to descend that way and he's just an awful, awful referee. Jace, it's called ego. It's not good. It's called ego and referees nowadays have more than anyone on it. Trust me. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think Paul's right. You, they see the monitors on the side, so somebody would have seen Lamella bleeding. All I say, in fairness, in that respect, so many players go down feigning injuries these days that they don't always help themselves. And, you, you know, there are players, and we, we know that every team has got one or two that will do it themselves. We, we know that. So, you know, sometimes a referee just sees players go down and thinks, oh, you know, forgot. I mean, Mike Dean just gives them that incredible look, doesn't he? Mike, <laughs> like he does at Fellaini's hair and things like that. But but so I'll, I'll give him a, a little bit of, of uh, a let off for perhaps not stopping the game instantly. But I, I'm sure that he would have got an alert very quickly in the old earpiece from the from the fourth official that would have surely would have said to him, I can see on the pictures here, there's blood there. So it was clear from that point on. But let's be fair, it, players don't always help themselves either. Mm. Just to finish up on Palace, now some great stats out there. We're going to read you through some. We've now had more different goal scorers than any other team in Premier League history, 146, with one fourth goal to win it at the weekend. We became only the fifth team in Premier League history to score 1,500 goals in the competition. We've now won 12 games away in 2018, more than any other team in the Premier League. Won six consecutive Premier League London derbies, our longest in the top flight since an eight-match streak between 1950 in October and August of 1951. Incredible. And we've won more Premier League games, 12 in 2018, than any other side. Only once has a club won more in a single calendar year, and that was with 17 in 1960. And Pochettino has won more matches against Crystal Palace than any other team, being nine. So that sums up your Palace review, guys. We've got some more questions to take. We've got some questions to ask Paul. I'm going to come around next back to you then, Paul, for a question. This is from Salapian Coys at Kangawa Ben, a regular who says, Given our horrendous injury problems, tiredness of players from the World Cup, lack of signings, the whole stadium debate, would a top four finish or even fifth be Pochettino's greatest achievement yet? I believe so. Paul, what's your thoughts on that question? Yeah, undoubtedly. I don't think fifth is, but I think mm. a top four is, is going to be fantastic because, again, you know... Uh, Battling behind the economics uh, and playing every game away so far um, will be great. And you know, and, uh, yeah, the World Cup—they've all got bad players in the World Cup: Man City, United, and Chelsea, and Arsenal. So I wouldn't really be go overboard on that one. But certainly with with the uh, with the finance thing and everything else, injuries are going to come up. I think we we can finish in the top four. It'd be a wonderful year. But I mean, I really do like us to win something. By the way, I keep saying about your top I've, four. I've, I'm still old-fashioned. Yeah. I still want to see a trophy on. on, on can I, can I ask you, Paul, just about the winning thing now? You've been around dressing rooms of Spurs players that have won something. Does this squad, is that just what they now need, Paul, just to win something? And then do you think the trophies will follow? I mean, you know yourself, winning the FA Cups, winning the UEFA Cup. Is it just that one thing we're missing now, Paul, to kind of, you know, get us on the right road here? Of course, if, if you look at our, our, our squad, there's not many players have won trophies. Mm. You know, very few of them have won trophies. So I think it'd be a fantastic boost. And I'm just going back to this confidence thing, you know, if you do win a trophy, it tends to set you off, you know, and you have this sort of feeling. And I know that they all want to do it. I mean, and, you know, we've never had a better opportunity in the League Cup, for example. Mm. I know this. I still I know that Chelsea uh, and and and, um, and City are still in it. But I mean, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity to go and play that you know lot down the road. Tonk them, you know, because they're going to have to make a few changes as well because they won't play, you know, because it's, it's in between two two league games. That's right. Yeah. Few changes, but you know, Mauricio can put out a really, really strong squad, and undoubtedly Harry will want to play. He loves scoring against them, you know, because mm. obviously they didn't fancy him when he was really young, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> Quite funny, really. That's that. going one of the I mean, worst decisions just... in football, Paul, isn't it? 
When you look oh, back it's, now. There's not, not, not many to beat that one. No, I agree. Um, I think you could probably find one or two others, but no, that would that would definitely come near the top five, wouldn't it? Yeah, it rid would. of Harry when when he was when he was nine, wasn't it? Was it? He was nine or ten though. Nine wasn't or he? ten, yeah, something young. Yes. Yeah, so, so obviously you know a lot about players when they're nine or ten, don't you? I know it's a different <laughs> world nowadays, you know. Um, but no, look, I, I think I think we've got a great chance of finishing in, in the top four, and I think you know, it, we, we well, I think we might be over the worst now with the injury side and whatever, and and let's give other players a chance to come in and do well. And I would imagine you know the confidence in the in the, in the squad at the moment is, is is as high as a kite. It's always important to get that win before the international. Yeah, because you have two weeks off and you go away and think about it. And our our boys, you imagine walking into re, uh, respective international squads, are buzzing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where maybe the United boys, the Chelsea boys, Arsenal, not so much because they've, 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 they've had disappointing results. That's it. Spot on. And I want to ask you, Vass, come around to you. Can I just ask Paul? Honestly, you know, in your day, all the domestic cuts were important. You know, I can remember going to see League Cup games and why Lane would be full for League Cup games. It was none of this only 20,000 turning up. And, and there was no squad rotation. You, you picked your strongest, best team. And then there was no top four thing getting you into the to the European Cup or something. So, it, you know, do you think the modern day player looks at, say, the League Cup anymore as a, as a trophy that's genuinely worth winning? Or do they now look like the, the modern day football that, yeah, it's a trophy, but do you know what? There's nothing for it. It's not the Premier League. And do you think, as a player, they would sooner play Champions League football from top four spot, or they would settle for just winning a League Cup? I think you'll find that um, bonuses uh, are very much part of the Champions League thing now. Big bonuses, yeah, to, to qualify. Yeah. Obviously, income for clubs it's massive. And we, we, you know, last year we got 51 million out of the Champions League. Yeah, mm. uh, it's, a, it's a massive amount of money. Yeah, that was just for the last 16, by the way. Yeah. No further than that. Um, yes, some of the managers have, have disrespected enormously because if you look at the, the squads they've got to play with, the whole thing, you know, he's using Wolves or someone like that as an as example. Their managers with the chairman saying to him, well, you Chris Hewitt at Brighton. Chris, he makes 10 changes. His chairman don't want him to go forward in the League Cup. He's saying to him, we can't win it, so just get knocked out as quick as possible because our old priority is, is staying in the, in the Premier League. So you've got, you've got, you've got two-thirds of the teams who actually... Give, uh, it's, it plays second fiddle to them because they want because their priorities to stand in the uh, Premier in the Premier League, um, but I don't no doubt the other six, the top six certainly want to win it. Undoubtedly, you see, you know, you've, Mourinho's always taken uh, this this cup, this trophy very serious. He's won it a number of times as well, and I think it was wasn't it uh, was it Pep's first trophy? That's right, yeah, Pep's first trophy. Oh, what I'm saying is that you know they they were, they all want it. The top managers want it. Mm. I'm, I don't I don't doubt Mourinho wants it as, as much as anyone. In the past, he's had to juggle a bit with teams because you know because of lack of squad or whatever. But I mean, this this time round, you know, we're looking quite solid. I mean, the team we had out against West Ham was good. Similar team should be good enough to beat Arsenal, but you know, maybe even stronger than that. I just think that you know they definitely want to win it. I know the players want to win something. Don't worry about that. Spot on. Love that. Love to hear it. And Vas, coming around to you, a question here. This is ahead of the upcoming games after the international break from Adam Whitbread at Adam underscore Whitbread, who says, if we come away with six points against Chelsea and Arsenal, God, Adam, I love you if we could do that. Should we be taken seriously in the title race? Because let's be honest, Vas, at the moment, not much is being said. I mean, Guardiola did come out the weekend and did say that he considers Tottenham to be, you know, one of those teams in there fighting for it. 
But to be honest with you, Rick, I don't give a flying toss if anyone takes us seriously <laughs> or not. Um, I'd rather we just did our business and they can, you know, when I say they, probably referring to the media and whatever, they can carry on just uh, drooling over Liverpool and Man United and whoever else who, who hasn't got as as good a chance as us and I, I don't really care we we just do, got to do our business if we can get six points against Chelsea and Arsenal then um, but you know we're, we're going to be right in the mix so you know Man City's a it's a tough one because they, they they're clearly very talented squad as Paul said earlier you know you just never know what's going to happen uh, they could have a couple of injuries that might affect them uh, unlikely but you know something could could go wrong. Some some points could get dropped somewhere unexpectedly. So we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Um, but I certainly think that as much as we want to win the title and we'd love to win the title, um, you know, we, we're just getting top four this season has to be a priority given everything else that's gone on around the club um, so far. So uh, I think you know six points against Chelsea and Arsenal would be fantastic. Okay, interesting. And Jace, just a question from JP. I think we'll be able to answer this one because it's, again, one of those questions that it always comes up. He says, why do our fans constantly constantly slag off our players? But that's the same every, isn't it the same every fan base? They find one player out of the squad to pick on, Jace? Yeah, I think that's, that's always been the way. I mean, you can go back years to John Pratt's day when, when he would be the scapegoat for everything. And it's just gone on and on and on through. through. Ian Moores would have gone through it at Tottenham and... It's just just something we do. I don't know why, but there always has to be somebody to blame. I mean, in fairness, we've we've dug out a few of them on here at, at times. I mean, you know, poor old Kieran Trippier would have would, wouldn't have fancied listening to the show last week, would he? But <laughs> but, but but it's you know, always done, Jace, in a constructive way. I don't think we ever go out there yeah, to no. attack players in a way that we say you know we don't give a reason as to why we feel their performance isn't going well. Where you just find some fans, whatever reason, even with Sissoko now, is playing really, playing really well. There'll still be some fans that still can't bring themselves to say he had a good no, game in the Spurs shirt. It's just the it's just the modern way, you know. I think so much, so many people on social media are on there because they're just grumpy bastards that have to go on there and abuse everyone. So, you know, I mean, look, look how a bit, a Paul will probably tell you he, he puts out a positive tweet and he gets he gets some people saying quite agree, Maxi, and he probably gets a load of people saying, "Well, you're just being a happy clapper." I mean, that's, that's just the way that it is these days. You don't know what's happening behind behind the behind doors. You, as I said before, you don't know who really is injured, who really is not being being played because Mauricio doesn't say anything. Mauricio's fantastic. He has the best pre, pre-match and post-match press conferences in the world. He says the same thing every week. But <laughs> now and again, when he has uh, Watford or something, yeah? He is always about confidence. He's always buoyant about things, yeah? But all I'm saying is that, every, by the way, every club has a go at players. If you speak to Man United players and, and Liverpool players, whatever, and they'll always say, well, oh, they have a pop at him all the time. They don't like him, yeah? There's always, there's always a, a, a favourite. People will have a pop at because he's an easy target of some sort. What the nice thing is today, years ago, it used to be homegrowns to ever go out. Now the homegrowns are the other way. Now because we've got too far few homegrowns. I mean, there's the top six sides may, might, not have, might not have ten play, eight play on the weekend, yeah? So there's very few homegrowns. So now we love and adore our home. But years ago, it wasn't the case. But all I'm saying is generally the, the most, most supporters don't know about it. I, I, I meet a lot of supporters at Wembley and get around and see them on the corporate side and whatever. They haven't got a clue. They haven't got a clue, and they they're giving these wild opportunities. So the first question thing I say to anyone I ever 
engage with us. So just do me a favour. Take notice of the TV or the media before you start talking to me. I don't want to hear what they're saying because they are biased against us, mm. undoubtedly biased. Because, you know, you've got a lot of United, Chelsea and Arsenal people working in the media and they can't stand us. They are jealous as hell about us. But for a start, don't tell me what the television is saying, what the music I read that as well. I know that all the bullshit they're writing and all the make-up stories and whatever. Because they do make it up. They have to make it up. And I know a few editors of, of newspapers, by the way. And I've asked them, where do you get that crap in the past? I said, Paul, nothing comes out of your club. So we have to make it up because we've got to sell copy. As long as you understand that as a Spurs fan, you'll be all right. And that's how it works, chaps. Trust me. That's how it works. You're here first from Paul Miller. Paul, just sticking with you. Come, we've got you on the show. It's a shame because we haven't had much chance to talk, Paul, about you personally. Bringing it back to today, I mean, are you in terms of the club, you've got an ambassador role there. Is that right for fans that are interested yeah, it's, in yourself? It's, it's, Tell us a bit about that role. Well, we have 16, 18 of us there every week at Wembley. And, uh, you know, we sit down and sit in, sit in the corporate areas and, and move around the boxes and just, just generally go and meet a lot of friends. And uh, But we're always together for an hour and a half before the game. We have a real, real uh, laugh and... Uh, uh, we sign things for each other which we need signing and, and we're like a big family. Um, it's fantastic, really. Um, the club look after us very well, uh, you know, on things like that. And, um, it's be- you know, this is how, how it is. And remember, these, these are my oldest friends. I've got, you know, these are, you know, these, mm. these are no friends of mine. I've got these and uh, it's fantastic. And, you know, we enjoy that. Uh, it's good and bad days, obviously. We, we you know, we share the same disappointments as fans because we're all fans ourselves of course we, you know most of us had a long period there um and um and we support the club whatever you know and we and we support it whoever you know when people are getting stick because we, we we've all had stick by the way <laughs> got, listen, I, I i heard glenn hoddle get booed a few times at Wild lane don't worry about that the only one i never heard got booed was ozzy he was the only one i can honestly say never ever got booed <laughs> and there ain't many there ain't many players you can say that about trust me that's incredible, isn't it? Just on Glenn, you mentioned him there, Paul. I know it's difficult because his family haven't come out with a statement since, but we heard over the weekend reports that Glenn is up and talking with his family and they're amazed by his progress. Anything else you can tell us about Glenn at all at the moment? Uh, or is it difficult? No, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, would happen. I mean, myself and Ozzy went to see him last week in hospital in central London. Um, he's in the best place in the world for hearts. Fantastic. Um, and uh, he's, he's getting the best thing. He had a, he had a big operation on Friday, uh, and I believe that's all gone well. He, he's 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 on he's you know, he's on the it's going to be a long job. I mean you know it's uh, these things uh, these operations are not not uh, easy things to go through. <clears throat> he was lucky. He had he had a heart attack in the right place uh, in the in the BT studios where you know they had all the, all the facilities there and whatever. And he was in central London, so it was you know he could get to the some of the best places you can be. Um, and that, that's fate, really. If he'd have been in a wine bar, a restaurant... It's crazy, isn't it? Park, yeah. He'd have been dead. Mad. Yeah, so that's a great thing for us. And um, he looked really great last Thursday, by the way. Oh. Ozzy and I saw him. He looked fantastically well. We were, he, he's cracked, had some cracked ribs uh, from what's happened. And um, I kept making him laugh. And that was making <laughs> him laugh and, and grimace, you know. So it was funny because we, you know, we just took the piss and had a laugh, talked about the old days and whatever. Oh. And uh, But, I mean, I, I believe it's all gone well. And I believe he's, you know, he, he's... he's He's going to be all right soon, and um, he'll be out. But it's going to, it's going to be a long job for him. And uh, obviously, you know, he knows all the best wishes that have come. You know, he has read a lot of the stuff. He had papers there and whatever. And he's, you know, the social media. I'm sure him and the family will make a statement as and when. He didn't want to make a statement. Ozzy and I. Ozzy suggested having a photo done on Thursday, and Ben said, <laughs> "Let let me have get me get the up out of the way first, just in case it's the last Ozzy. one." <laughs> that's, how, that's how we've done it, you know. So, 
he was laughing about it. That's the only oh. way to do is to laugh about it. All I'm saying is that Glenn's, Glenn's I think I believe Glenn's on the on the road recovery and uh, he's got his family around him and it's fantastic and hopefully he'll make a full recovery and and we'll see him soon, eh? Truly fantastic news. Paul, I can't thank you enough for coming back on tonight. I hope, Paul, if you wouldn't mind, come over the summer with us. Come and do another show in the summer. We'll talk about you personally and obviously a bit more about your career. Would you mind that for us? Not at all. You've been Not an absolute all. gen. Thank you ever so much. Jace, cracking news there on Glenn, isn't it, there from Paul? Yeah, news we all want. So uh, that's good. And I think I think Paul scored one of the most forgotten goals in our, our club's history that yeah, Vass and I will know because we go back all that time and we, we know that UEFA Cup final with Anderlecht. But I think the modern generation fan just tends to think that Anderlecht game was, was one night, the, the famous night at White Hart Lane. They forget it was a two-legged game and it was Maxi's goal out in, in Belgium that, that meant we came home with a 1-1 draw. So, you know, some of us old farts, Paul, we, we don't forget that goal, but the, the young ones don't think to notice you scored against Anderlecht, mate. Yeah, I remember that goal. I think Graham steals all the, all the limelight from you, uh, Paul. Yeah, it's not a problem for me. I'm just pleased to be a part of it, you know. Oh. <laughs> How far is this, Paul? This squad now, do you think we're far away? It can't be far away from Silverware, is it, Paul? It's driving us crazy on this show. We talk about it every week. No, I think I think we're getting closer. I think, you know, I think we, we're seeing that we're getting stronger, closer. And I mean, the big thing is the new stadium. When we go in a new stadium, we can we can then start competing financially with everybody else. And then the crowds as well. Let's get it right. You know, this last season, uh, sorry, season before last, we had 31,000. Because they they took part of the stadium away, didn't they? When we're doing mm. it, remember? Mm. I mean, you can't you can't hope to compete on those sort of gates and and the way the stadium was set up. And you know, the old stadium, three thousand corporates. This one have eight thousand corporates. It takes to another level. And believe me, all the corporates want to go and see us. I work in the city. I know that. Yeah. So it's going to take us to another level. And I think that you know, if we can do it simultaneously at the same time, which you know we're looking like that. And there's there's not a lot in it, by the way, between that the top six club and they play each other. Uh, there's not like me at all on, on any given day. And we showed that against Man City. When you say, I'll repeat what I said earlier, they battered us last year, home and away, yeah? And at home, like, a couple of weeks ago, two, two weeks today, actually, we had a right go at them, didn't we? We played we did. well, actually. Yeah, yeah. we did. And, and, um, and, you know, we could have got a draw quite easily. And I think that there's not many teams have done that, you know, gone and, and give them a good go. So they are, they are normal. And they're, again, they're right, they will pick up injuries. And another thing as well, we haven't mentioned tonight, it's Champions League. You know, if they go, if they go quite far in it, that's, that, the Champions League games affect us the weekend before and the weekend after. Of course, yeah. If you've got two games, that affects that again. Then affects four league games. If you've got a home and away quarterfinal or semi-final or something, and there's no doubt about it. That is the trophy Pep wants to win. You said to him today, Champions, Champions League or the Premier League, it, it bite your hand off the Champions League, yeah. So he may have to well sacrifice some players and select team selections when he, if they're going if they go further in this competition, which may help the likes of us. If you know, and I'm not saying we're going to qualify. We've still got a chance. We beat Milan by two and go to Barcelona and win. We're here, but you know, realistically, they're going to go a bit further than us at the moment. The way I see it, and uh, that could then open the door for us. Go ask your boys. You're here just quickly on the stadium. You know, you mentioned there earlier, and our fans will pick up on it, Paul. Don't you worry. The listeners will know when you said about February, there will be all of them now gluing you to that. But just obviously, because we heard over the weekend that the club formally announced that they have a contingency plan to remain at Wembley for the remainder of the season, if necessary, and we will be capping the attendance to fifty-one thousand after Chelsea. You think, though, Paul, you're fairly confident. You reckon we might be in there by February. Fingers crossed. I think. I think. I think Daniel's had to do that deal with Wembley because they right. demanded that, okay. and also because. Because of because of the uh, because of the Premier League uh, and whatever, so he had to do that deal anyway. 
But I mean, I, you know, there's no way that we ain't going to be in the stadium before the season ends. And I mean, I, you know, I, I've been told on good authority it looks like February. Don't hold me to it. If it's March, it's March. All I'm saying is I don't think it's January. That's for sure. And I think looking at it the way it is at the moment, there's still a bit of work to be done on the east side, east end, and the south end. There's a lot of electrics and you know safety stuff to be done. We've got to get two two events in there as well. Um, but I, you know, if, you, if I was having a bet, I'd say it was February. And I think it'll be against a, you know, a very, very average Premier League side. It won't be a big game. That's a relief. The last thing the police want is a big game in the new stadium. So West Ham or Arsenal at home then, if it's, if it's average, Paul? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, chaps. I had to throw that one in there. Um, Vass, thank you so much for coming back on the show tonight. And as always, Vass, please tell us where we can find you. Hotspur America, we know how big you are. There's fans out there are loving it as well. It's becoming, I think, the new pod to get on board with this season. Vass, where can they find you guys? Come on, tell us. Yeah, well, Hotspur America, it was out this morning, actually. You can find us on iTunes, uh, any of your Android podcast apps. We're on Spotify as well. You can follow us on Twitter or, or Facebook and Instagram. Um, but yeah, give us a listen. There's uh, three guys from Dallas, Texas, who are very committed, plus myself. And um, hopefully, we give you a, a good hours of entertainment each week. And looking back on all, all stuff's Tottenham. Mm. I mean, to be that's as I say to you every time you come on here, you're one of the first pods to drop. Always fun, always entertaining. Before we do wrap up things, Vass, if I ask you to give an assessment of Spurs' season so far as we enter yet another international break, out of ten, Vass, where would you say Spurs are at? Half term report. Out of ten, what do you reckon? Oh, probably eight, eight and a half at the minute because I think we're we're sort of um, uh, outperforming the sum of our parts currently. The way it's all been going, so yeah, quite pleased with it. About eight out of ten for me. Eight out of ten, Jace. Let's get your verdict quickly. Sure, eight out of ten in the league, five out of ten in the Champions League. Okay, Paul. We're still going to qualify, Jace. Paul, it's only right. The final word of the last word on Spurs is over to you tonight. Come on, what's been your assessment of the season so far, Paul, if I asked you out of 10 as we enter another international break? I think it's 9 out of 10. I think I'll go with what Mauricio said. This is unbelievable uh, what we've done the last few months when you consider, you know, the World Cup and, 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 and the stadium and whatever and all things have gone with it and, and the pressure on us still, you know, literally playing an away game every week, yeah? And with the limitation on the, on the crowd, we can have at Wembley because we can't have you know many four hours. We know that, yeah. So I think I think at the moment this has been as good as any start we've had in the last five years, mm. yeah. if not better. Yeah. So therefore, I've got to give it nine out of ten because it's not ten. We'd have we'd have bloody drawn with Liverpool, drawn with Liverpool, and, and beat Watford. We'd have been ten out of ten, wouldn't it? Of course. But we didn't. Yeah. Fair um, enough. We didn't turn up those two games. But all I'm saying is that. Um, I think we're doing really, really well. We're doing really well. And I'm, and I'm sure, and I know your supporters, guys, a lot better than you, you probably anticipated, yeah? If you'll be honest with yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think going into the season, Paul, bearing in mind, you know, the no signings and the stadium, what's happened there, I think it's been a really good effort so far. I can't, I can't complain, well, guys, personally. All, all due respect, September was the end of the world, wasn't it? That's a... Right? <laughs> September was the end of the world. You know, still is for some away. people, sadly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah still is You know what I mean by that, yeah? Mm, of course. Yeah, so. yeah. Media, press, fans, social media. It was the end of the world. By the way, it hasn't become the end of the world. It's actually getting better. Mm. And what I'm saying is, just just be a bit more positive, everyone. Because we're in, we're flying. I know, we're in a different, we're in a different world to where we were mm. before. Yeah, that's right. You know, obviously we had Harry started off. Well, well sorry, we had, we had Martin Joel started off. Harry that's carried right. it on, you know, and then obviously Mauricio took it on from there. 
Yeah, but in mean, meanwhile, don't forget the chairman. He's done a fantastic job, by the way, on limited resources. And stop everyone start saying, well, billionaire owns the club. A lot of billionaires own football clubs. They don't put a tanner in, right? Joe Lewis has guaranteed their loan, right? Which not many people have got can do anyway. Hundreds of millions guaranteed. But what I'm saying is, you know, you don't you don't find many people spending billions on their club. Of course, some do, and that it comes from a different way. I'm saying proper people. What I'm saying is, he's done a great job. The club's in a great state at the moment, and we'll then start competing once we get a new stadium on an equal financial terms with most of the top six. Obviously, apart from City and United, who are on a different planet over them, yeah? Mm. But we'll compete with the other three. And that's, that's, that's and to do that, that, what we've done where we've come the last 10 years, is a magnificent achievement. Well, there you go. I think it's only the way, right way to leave the show. Incredible. Paul, thank you ever so much for coming on again. It's been a pleasure. And Paul, we're going to get you back on Paul. You're going to come back on? Yeah, of course I'll come back on, yeah. You've yeah. been a star. Thank you ever so much, Paul. Jace, thank you as always. No problem, mate. Look forward to next time. Yes, and most certainly. And Vass, thank you for coming back on. Always a pleasure, Vass. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be back on with oh, you. Pleasure to have you, Vass, as always. Well, guys, just a reminder, we are on Love Sport this evening for you on this Tuesday night, talking all things Tottenham. So please don't hesitate in getting involved in the show. Enjoy this one. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.